Hi, guys. Welcome back to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I'm here with Sarah Huron. Hello, hello. Travis Cronin. Hello, hello, hello. Gwen Flamberg. Well, hello. And I'm your host, Brody Brown. We're here once again to talk about all the hottest celebrity news of the week. We've got babies being born, babies being named. I mean, thank goodness for that. New bumps, celebrities vowing to lose the baby weight, celebrities trying for baby, wedding dates set, slim down secrets, celebrities getting slut-shamed, housewives' heads really rolling, housewives' heads maybe rolling, splits on Becky's sentencing, feuds that will dash her nostalgic dreams, a free Britney update, an Amanda Bynes update, a Brangelina update, a Bachelor Nation update, and an exclusive chat with Davina and Maya from Selling Sunset. Sarah, you stole my goddamn house, but I know you love this show and you love chatting with these ladies. Is your chat going to be as juicy as we need to power us through to the weekend? Yes, it was so good. Don't you worry. Travis and I did our great job. Well, that will be coming up at the end of the podcast. But first, we've got so much news to talk about. And before that, we need to set intentions for celebrities as we do every week. That's where we tell them to start doing things, to stop doing things. Baby girl, Sarah Huron, who's your intention for this week? Okay, so listen, Brody. I'm, you know, so excited for this podcast this week. We're talking about the college cheating scandal. We're talking about selling Sunset. We're talking about housewives. All things that I love so much. However... It wouldn't be an episode of the Hot Hollywood Podcast if I wasn't a little mean. Is that correct? Oh, no. Oh, you mean like your usual mom shaming? Because there's, there's probably a segment for that coming up. Oh, um, I guess this falls under mom shaming because Brie Bella. <laughs> I knew it. Are you I knew it. kidding me with the name Buddy Dessert? <laughs> Oh my God. No. So first of all, there's so many reasons why I have a problem with this. Buddy dessert spelled with two S's. So that would be pronounced dessert. But now she's claiming on Instagram that it's pronounced desert, like with one S. And it's a family name. No, that's that's not a thing. So she either doesn't know how to doesn't know the difference between desert and dessert, and I don't even know which one's a worse middle name. But either way, Buddy is about to get made fun of on the playground for the rest of his life unless she changes his name. Yeah, he definitely is, and it's so sad because Buddy's cousin Nikki's son is named Mateo, which seems like I mean it's Mateo Artemovich, which was a mouthful. But at least that's a I guess. More Mateo might be the one making fun of dessert for the rest of his life. Oh God, it's 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 but not. Do you really together. use your middle name? Nobody yes. uses their middle name. I do. They do, do when they find out what it is. Name, Brody. Let, Brody's yes, my do. middle name. Brody's What's my middle name. Do? What's your given what? name? I'll never tell. I'll never tell. Travis, who's your intention for? Well, Brody, I'm actually not going to mom shame. I'm actually going to lift moms up. Oh, um, thanks, Travis. Right. What a refreshing breath of fresh air. Thanks. Um, my attention is for Miss Portia Williams, who, as you know, just has come leaps and bounds for me. She was arrested on Tuesday at a Breonna Taylor protest in Louisville, Kentucky. And I don't know why I'm just so proud of her, you know, following her civil rights like legacy. And I just wanted to keep going, keep getting arrested and like drawing attention to Black Lives Matter. I'm just so proud of Portia every day. Wow, she got arrested again. Wow. On Tuesday in Louisville at like the proper like Breonna Taylor in Louisville. Yeah, a lot of activists have moved down there because Attorney General Daniel Cameron has not done anything in terms of charging the officers with any crimes. Although he sure did name check Breonna Taylor, despite his lack of an action at the RNC this week. Uh, Gwen, who is your intention for? Well, I know that this is going to surprise everyone. For my intention today, <laughs> Meghan Markle. My intention today is for Meghan Markle. You got it, Sarah. All right. I wonder if you guys have seen Meghan Markle in conversation with Gloria Steinem. This is the kind. This is the kind of action that I would like to see Meghan Markle taking. You know, sources say that Meghan and Harry have been shopping projects around Hollywood. I don't really want to hear that. I do want to hear her talking about feminist action plans with Gloria Steinem and doing so on video in fabulous pinstripe pants. She looked incredible. She looked cool. She looked modern. She looked appropriate. And if you guys want to take our masterclass in Meghan Markle's summer dressing, you know where to go, usmagazine.com slash stylish. <laughs> I will say in that video, she looked beautiful 
And I almost missed her for a second. I was like, yeah. oh. She's I, coming back. I, I forgot about well, you, Megan. This is, this is, I would like to see her follow her true passions, right? This is when she looks happy, comfortable, friendly, sounds articulate and intelligent. I would just like her true passions to all be for good. Not elephants? Not making Kate Middleton cry? That's right. <laughs> A little of that. My intention is for Kevin Hart. You know, recently we've seen Kevin Hart defending Ellen out at lunch with Ellen. This is not the Kevin Hart I really love. Him defending Ellen at a moment. I don't think she's defenseless, but people are complaining about behavior and he's sticking up for her. Instead, what I like him doing and I want him to doing more of is comedy. And he was at Dave Chappelle's comedy show recently and he actually revealed he had coronavirus. He said, the problem is I had it around the same time as Tom Hanks and I couldn't say anything because he's more famous than I am. I thought that was, listen, coronavirus, we are still in the grips of this hideous, terrifying pandemic. And I think it's hard to apply some levity to it, but I think he did it in his signature way and it was great. And I want to see more of that from Kevin Hart and less sticking up for people who don't need sticking up for. Less lunch with Ellen. Save the millionaires. <laughs> yeah, save, save the billionaires, save the millionaires. Let's dive into some news. Well, Leah Michelle gave birth. Oh, another she- horrible name. <laughs> Well, can I just get there, Sarah? She gave birth to a baby boy on August 20th. I knew you'd have some opinion about this. Our source told us that everyone's happy and healthy and they're extremely grateful. He's been an easy baby so far. He's an easy to remember name. His name is Ever Leo. (laughs) I forgot. I actually got very angry about Ever when I saw it too. And then I forgot because Buddy Dessert just took over (laughs) all of my celebrity baby name anger in my head. And now I now I was just reminded of Ever Leo. I, I can't. I'm imagining it, they were thinking that if they were going to have a girl, they'd name her Everly. I don't know. Uh, okay, so pivot. You had a boy. <laughs> so Ever Leo. It's, it's unique. Um, Hopefully I'm he goes by Charlie Leo. Wolf now, huh? Charlie uh, Wolf yeah, sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, in other baby news, Rachel McAdams is pregnant. She's expecting her second child. Sierra, Sarah, I know you had um, some opinions about her baby name as she named her most recent baby. Wynn. Wynn Harrison Wilson. Now, Sierra has said she plans to lose a considerable amount of weight now. She said 48 pounds to go starting the game plan this week. Now, what's 48 pounds? I want to put it in perspective for you listeners and you co-hosts. That's about 24 medium-sized heads of cauliflower. <laughs> that is that is four of Jyoti Ange. She's the 26-year-old star of the world's smallest woman, which if you haven't seen it on TLC, it's incredible. She's 26, she's 24 inches tall, she's 12 pounds. Oh, wow. That's about. That's also about the weight of a snow leopard, which is 50 pounds or a 47-pound river dolphin. But that's that's a lot, <laughs> especially considering that Mia Maori just said on Instagram this week that she lost 68 pounds since giving birth to her daughter, Cairo, in May 2018. She said she took her time with it, but 48 pounds... Sierra is like an athlete and a force we reckon with, but good luck to you, Cece. Sounds like she's in it to win it. Wow. Well nice done, one, Sarah. Wow. That's good. Having a name that you can even do that with is so absurd. No, it's phenomenal. You know who's trying to have a baby? Lala and Randall. Sarah, okay. as a Vanderpump Rules apologist, did this? you said, oh boy, does this excite you or make you just roll your eyes out of your head? I have a prediction. Yes. I believe that by the end of the year, December 31st, Brittany, Lala, Katie, all will be pregnant. And obviously we know Stassi's due at the beginning of 2020 and Vanderpump Rules season nine will not go on at all. Whoa. Leak. Mm. I thought for sure that the pregnancies would give them a reason to film. But we talked to Randall, Lala's fiance this week, and he said... In terms of trying to conceive, he said, we're working at that currently. We're on the Flow app. We're on the apps. Lala, whatever day it is, she comes in. She says, give me a baby. And then I hop right to it. Aren't you so glad we can get these visuals? That's really, I mean, that's really, yeah. Aren't you so glad that Randall, of all people, had the first movie premiere back in the, in the coronavirus pandemic? There might have been one before that, but it was interesting. We were definitely there talking to him and talking about how... Lala comes in, it's Friday at three o'clock and she says, you're not going anywhere. 
And they said, it's only a matter of time. But that, I, because I had to read that interview, I needed to scar you people with those visuals. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You know who else is having a baby? And Travis, I knew this would delight you. Well, they're trying to have a baby, per our sources. I cannot even imagine this person with a baby, but I'm so excited to see the way they dress them up. A source told us that Paris Hilton is not pregnant yet, but she's definitely trying. Our source oh said God, she's matured so a lot. Right? Our source said she's matured a lot and really wants to settle down and start a family. Good That's so great. She's been a party girl for so long, and she's been talking about wanting to settle down for like a hot decade. The the trailers for her new YouTube documentary, This Is Paris, have seemed amazing, but also really, really bleak and sort of make her life look really sad. Did you see the one about her mom, Kathy Hilton, talking about, she's like, she would go out and buy like hot slut necklaces. And I was like, no, don't do that anymore, Paris. So a lot of girls. Oh, no, (laughs) no. But I did read something about how she was like horribly mistreated and bullied at a boarding school. Yeah, sounds insane. But I also want to see more inside her glamorous world and, uh, uh, you know, the dog houses. I had friends that went to that boarding school with her and they had a different story. Oh, <laughs> boy. But well, apparently, apparently there's a few other people who went to the boarding school in the documentary. Yes, who say that it was a nightmare. Travis, tell us yeah. what happened on this day in pop culture history. Oh, you know, okay, I'm going to start with the happy things. Um, oh, so, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so today, uh, in 2014, Ashley Simpson and Evan Ross married. And this oh. is really interesting to me because it was at Diana's home in Connecticut. And just a wedding mm-hmm. at Diana Ross's house just sounds like the best thing ever. You know and I stand Ashley Simpson. I know you love Ashley Simpson. This should always be a piece of you. Huh? Um, uh, and also on that day in 2014, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade got married in Miami. Oh, I love huge, them too. I love them. And I was just looking at their wedding photos and they just look so happy. They're like, definitely one of like, they seem like the happiest celebrity couple. Um, a hundred years ago, women got the right to vote. That's oh, right. 19th oh, yeah. Amendment, baby. Yeah. Wait, speaking of Gabrielle Union, 20 years ago this week, Bring It On came out. The greatest movie of all time. True. Yes. Bring It On also came out 20 years ago today and, wow. and a little sad one 19 years ago Aaliyah passed um, when she was leaving oh, the music I video I know it's been nine years but 19 years but there's actually a little bit of exciting news so her songs much to my dismay are not available on Spotify or Apple Music yeah. you can only stream them on YouTube which is really annoying so her estate is in talks to actually get them released like in the next few weeks so we might actually be able to like stream Aaliyah songs and add them to all of our playlists, which is exciting. And, you know, on this day five years ago, JoJo, Leave Get Out JoJo, released her first Tringle set of three singles on a little album. After she wasn't able to record music for seven years, she was 20 years old when she released the Tringle, and she hadn't been able to record new music since she was 13 years old. Wow. Wow. I love her voice. August is popping. Yeah, I really love her voice, and I still love Leave Get Out, even though I'm sure. That was my ringtone for a long time. (laughs) Still a great song. Oh, and speaking of Aaliyah, my mom, still when I overpacked my suitcase, she'll be like, Brody, don't forget about Aaliyah. I'm like, Mom, it wasn't just about overpacked suitcases. It sort of was. I mean, it kind of, it kind of was. It was like an over, overpacked plane. But she, oh, I love her. So I love that your mom says that to you. No, well, last week we talked about Kelly Osborne and, and that really impressive eighty-five pound weight loss. She had talked about it on Instagram. That's now she's sharing. Yeah, she, she, that's right. She's now sharing more. She said that she got the gastric sleeve. She said it was not gastric bypass, but the sleeve, which means it's extremely hard. You have to. You have to work out. If you don't eat right, you gain weight. And all it does is sort of move you in the right direction. I thought, it, it, you know, it's very commendable that she came forward and talked about that because she said she was taking two years to really figure out if she wanted to be in this industry, figuring out if she's even capable of losing the weight. And now she looks terrific and I hope she's very happy. Me too. I stay on the sleeve. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> now, we've talked a lot about Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly on this podcast because Sarah's obsessed with the Bloody Valentine. Is that your new ringtone, Sarah? If, if they still had, if people still had ringtones in 2020 or even better, ring back tones, that would mm-hmm. 100% be on my radar. I thought that Sarah was obsessed with feet. <laughs> I'm not obsessed with that. Gwen, stop starting these narratives. I heard that too. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly is obsessed with Megan Fox's feet. Maybe we got our wires a little crossed. Well, you guys know I'm very like team Brian Austin Green because I think Megan Fox has been really flaunting it hard. 
But this, she spoke out, and I think this is really unfair that people to do. She said, for whatever reason, people are very trigger happy to call me stupid or call me vain or call me a slut, which is crazy. I was in the same relationship for 15 years. It's bizarre that image that's projected onto me that people have just accepted and that's lived for over a decade. I never really did anything to earn that first place. I'm like, that's true. It's really unfair. And I do think, yes, some people are threatened by her. And sure, some people are jealous of her. And people are way too harsh on her. I think there's mom shaming. I think there's definitely slut shaming. But I think it's good that she's speaking out about it. Because even if you think her behavior has been a little maybe over the top, talking about her twin <laughs> twin flame and talking about how this is her favorite boy in the world or whatever, that it, it, you don't need to go there. Right. Like she shouldn't be defined by her Transformers character. No. And you know who else I feel bad for this week? Selena Gomez in her virtual cooking show. She was talking about people's reviews. She was asked about people's reviews and if she reads what they write. And she said, I'll just speak on comments in general. It does not help me in any way. I think the things that, that I do read that are helpful for me are when it comes to my charity work. The part that frustrates me is when people think of me, do they just think of me as, oh, that girl who was with that person and that's it. I'd be devastated if people think that because I've worked so hard to not be that, to be, you know, and she started to tear up. I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel that's it's very messed up. I mean, yes, she was with Justin Bieber on and off. Yes, she dated the weekend. Yes, she was with Orlando Bloom. But can you? I, I don't know. Do you guys? There aren't any celebrities that spring to mind for me. I mean, yes. Whenever we talk about Jen Aniston, we always talk about Brad Pitt, and I think that's that's remarkably unfair. We don't always say Jen Aniston when we talk about Brad Pitt. We don't just define Angelina Jolie by. Brad Pitt, but I think Selena Gomez is unique in that class. And it's, I it's- think Selena, though, I think it was definitely like that for a really long time because when she started dating Justin Bieber, that's what made her different than like just a Disney star. Like the difference between Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato's career path was that Selena Gomez got to be ten times more famous because she dated Justin Bieber. Like that's just kind of what happened, whether she likes it or not. But I would think so now. She's known as Selena Gomez more so than just Justin Bieber's ex. And as contrary to what a lot of other people think, I actually really like her music and I think it's fun. And I don't think she's Celine Dion up in here, but I think her, her songs yeah. are fun. She can't write really her music. songs are great. Yeah, Rare was a great album. Oh, so a fantastic album. Wait, Bernie, you know, I forgot. We used to play that in the office all the time. I know, I love it so much. Yeah. Corona. Well, this was shocking. We've talked so much on this podcast about weddings that have been delayed because of coronavirus, but there has been a wedding date set for, uh, totally forgot about this person, Lamar Odom and his fiance, Sabrina Parr. That's right. They have announced that November 11th, 2012 will be the date of their nuptials. That's 2012. Yeah, sorry. 2021. 2021. Sarah, don't make fun of my momentary <laughs> dyslexia. dyslexia here, sure. <laughs> I have it too. And this will be this will be in Miami, Florida, and it's hashtag the Odom's last dance. Now, okay, eleven eleven is a special date for a lot of couples who are getting married. This is actually also November eleventh is the day Lamar proposed to Sabrina. I. TBD if this day actually comes, but I thought it would be nice. Travis, we haven't done any poems or speeches in a while. I thought it'd be nice if we could hear if you have something in mind for a toast you might read at the couple's um, wedding ceremony. So um, I'd like for you to make a toast, please, Travis Cronin. Thank you. Thank you. I hear as the best man and the maid of honor. So combining them into both because the rental is only till 11. Okay, so Lamar and Sabrina. Now this wedding is unlike any others. A story of strife, struggle, prostitutes, and Kardashians. Oh my. Let me take you back to where their romance, me- romance began when Lamar was just a little lamb and he decided he was done being bad. This little <laughs> lamb without a Mary asked a lovely lady to an intimate meal at a Chipotle in 2019. The jalapenos weren't the only thing spicy and hot at this lunch. Sabrina and Lamar were turning up the heat in their own burritos and tacos, leading to paparazzi photos of steamy makeouts and over-the-clothes caressing. Some of you may not know this funny story of Lamar's pre-Sabrina life. Just kidding. Everyone here has heard it. Also, I am not legally required to note that over-the-counter erectile dysfunction medication and smoking crack can be a dangerous mix. Anyway, enough about all of Lamar's lady friends down at the Bunny Ranch. Let's focus on this lady bunny he's sitting 
sitting next to. I remember a funny story from a few years back, Sabrina. You remember this, right? Your ex found your secret phone and found out that you were being unfaithful with several men. And according to police records, she attacked you. And according to jail records, you did six months, which is actually longer than this relationship. If you had asked me what, if you had asked me what type of woman Lamar needed to be with, I would have said life coach. Please, God, life coach. Um, life coach, priest, any, someone like that first. And not a Kardashian generous second. And luckily, Sabrina is most likely both of these things. Or Oprah. Not to worry, because there are some reality TV stars that have defined these nuptials. Lamar proposed in the way that God intended at a dinner with Real Housewives of Atlanta star Nene Leakes. <laughs> this sealing and cementing of their bond took three long months to develop and exactly that long to pitch their own reality show about love. So please, raise your glasses to the happy couple, Lam Lam and Sabine Bean. <laughs> oh my god wow cheers well cheers, that, everyone i mean really the best was this little lamb doesn't want to be bad that was that amazing was really that was i mean you have a you have a little over a year to perfect that assuming you are um, a rough draft. wedding. once that they hear it how could they not that was really good. Well, let's move on to some housewife news. You brought up Nini, so let's talk about housewives. Dorinda Medley shocking the world that she is leaving. Not well, well bitch. The housewives loving world that she's Not leaving. Well, she's a journey this has been. I've laughed and carried and tried to make it nice. Were you guys shocked that she said this is the end of the road for her? She's been a, she was a guest on season four, and then she became official cast member during season seven. I mean, I knew that someone was going to have to go because they are making room for more diversity on the show and because they only had five housewives after Tinsley left midseason and they clearly needed a shakeup. It's just like the housewives come in waves and you need to mix things up. And I thought it was going to be Ramona. But honestly, I think Dorinda actually makes more sense because she's kind of been moving backwards. Like she was so great for so many seasons and these last two She's had some issues with like accepting the women's opinions of her. She just feels like she's going in reverse. Yes, she does. It's hard to watch this season. She's so mean and every fight is the same. She won't take responsibility. So the drama never gets to housewives level because Dorinda just won't accept it. She's been such a beloved character on the show. Um, we heard from a source that she had a meeting with Bravo where they talked about possible shakeups and how she was feeling after this very hard season for her. They both agreed it would be best for her to step down. I think she needs a break. Well, sure. And the important part of that source info, I think, was to like focus on herself was sort of what we heard happened in the talks and negotiations. Yeah, because she did have sort of a hair trigger temper. I'm just so shocked by Carol Radswell after being off the show for so long, doesn't have something better to do than to be tweeting all these hateful things about the show. She said on Twitter, Dorinda was the only real housewife, so no more truth-telling, too. Trust me, that's the main reason cast is let go. Telling the truth and exposing fake cast members and their storylines and how it's all manipulated by production. Then she also tweeted, They'll, what, they will come, what fans will come to miss is the most is her honesty and realness in a sea of mendacity. Oh. Then she tweeted, then someone tweeted, oh, Dorinda's a good person, but when, it drinks, she gets, when she drinks, it gets ugly and she gets too defensive in argument. Now in the coffin for me was when she was on Watch What Happens Live and she doubled down. And Carol wrote, hmm, well, I don't believe she's ever assaulted a police officer. Carol... Go write another New York Times best-selling book. Move on. You've been off the show. Like, Bethany's moved on. It's time for you to move forward. Yeah, that's not a cute look, Carol. And it's weird because she also, it, both of Carol and Dorinda started off as such fan favorites and, like, kind of voice of reasons and breath of fresh. And they both, like, by the end were just not, not likable. So there's something to be said for, I guess, trying to go out when you're still on top, which only really Bethany has ever accomplished. Twice. Yeah. And twice. Over, twice. Good point, Travis. And overstaying, you're welcome. Uh, and we will see who, obviously, will replace her on the cast. Speaking of replacements, we've seen Garcelle Beauvais has joined the cast of The Real. And she awesome. has taken over for Tamara Mowry. She'll be. I just, I love this, but I cannot lose Garcelle on Beverly Hills Housewives. Like, I need her to do both. I know, but as we've seen, Eileen Davidson was on Real House in Beverly Hills, and she was doing her soap. Mm-hmm. Denise has been filming, and she's been doing Real House in Beverly Hills. And Garcelle said she's excited to share her opinion, and all the co-hosts were embracing her joining the show. 
you know what I think it'll also do if she does do both she'll probably have to talk about the housewives drama on the real kind of like how Portia talks yep. about it drama on her radio show, show and sometimes that becomes like a storyline yeah and garcelle like has opinions but i feel like wasn't in the group as much this time because she was so busy doing other stuff so if she has to get more involved it'll be even better because she like because that's a few digs and they've been good she just hasn't been as intertwined with the group as i would like and this could make that happen she only said that like lisa Rinna's daughter probably had an eating disorder because of her naked instagram videos like out of nowhere i well, loved but it then, did you see did you see the um full scene that they released on twitter Oh, in no. the, this, that whole thing started because Garcelle was talking about how her son, oldest son had substance abuse issues. And so she feels like she missed signs. So that's why she brought it up to Lisa. But oh. they cut that out and just made it seem <gasps> like she came for Amelia for no reason. Oh, that's not good. Justice that, for Garcelle. Justice for Garcelle. Yeah. Well, you know, also on Real Houses of Atlanta, we have no idea what's going on with Nene Leakes. We talked she, needs to, she needs to stop. She doesn't need to stop. She deleted her Instagram, apparently. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had talked to her manager earlier this summer who said it's not true she's been fired from Real Housewives of Atlanta. But if she's leaving, I mean, that's another thing. We talked to Cynthia Bailey this week. She said Nini has not been filming with the cast. So it sounds like signs are pointing to Nini's departure, but still TBD. I mean, not really Nini TBD. should have never come back. She had an amazing run. She's obviously an icon. We'll always have those early Atlanta seasons. Like she may put Bravo on the map to some degree. Like she was iconic, but ever since she came back with that, like season 10 with the Kim Zolciak, it's been downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about a little heartbreak. Sophia Richie and Scott Disick. Sarah, did you think they were going to make it to the altar? Gwen, did you? I didn't think that they were going to make it to the altar, but I do sort of like them together. I'm happy for Sarah Heron because this might be a sign that her dream has been manifested <laughs> and Scott and Courtney might make it after all. However, I did think that Sophia had adorable merch that all her friends were wearing as they got on that private plane to celebrate her birthday. And if you guys want to see it, go to usmagazine.com slash stylish. It actually was be, really cute. <laughs> I want to be so famous and rich that um, I get merch made for my birthday and like a bar mitzvah, but every year and that I can wear it on a private jet. Uh, so I'm manifesting that. Okay. Yeah. Well, nice and dreams. A source told us that they've been on and off for about two months and they've broken up for good. Sophia pushed to make things work. Obviously our sources said there was some issues there with the pair's 15 year age difference. Um, but Scott officially called it off recently and they're no longer speaking. Do you three have any ideas for who they should date next? Travis Cronin. Someone her own age. Thank you. I, mean, I don't mind an age gap. I've been part of them. But like when you're 18 years old, like dating someone 15 years older, like usually is not going to work. So I want her to get with like one of those, like, like a Harry Hudson or like someone who's in like the Kylie Jenner friend group who's like sort of famous, but not like really famous. Maybe like a TikTok star. Oh God, Cute. no. She deserves better than a TikTok star. What? <laughs> I want, obviously, I want Scott with Courtney forever and ever. You're sick. Team Scort. You're so And for Sophia, Cole Sprouse. Because because Dylan is dating Barbara Palvin and they can be friends. Yes. Well, I didn't even think about that. I was like, she wants to get into acting more. I was like, Cole Sprouse is like the perfect match. Yes. And then she can be feud with Lily Reinhardt and it'll be amazing. Yes. I was like, Lily Reinhardt can then write some things that seem like they're, that are definitely directed at Sophia. And then she'll say they weren't directed at Sophia. Some Wow, we've never had the same answer to this. I know we never do. It's always Travis always saying the same thing. Gwen, what did you think? Do you think? Do you want to set anyone up with Scott and Sophia? Honestly, I don't think I could top Cole Sprouse for Sophia, so I'm just not even going to go there. But in terms of Scott, I think Homeboy needs to spend a little bit of time on his own. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dan Aniston. I was like, don't say Dan. Charlie Theron. Never, 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 never. I really think that that. he needs to spend a little bit of time, like, learning who the Lord is in the year (laughs) 2020. Like, he needs to just, like, take a time out and, like, really get back to, like, who he is. And then eventually I would like to see him reconcile, Sarah. Yeah. Yes, Gwen, uh, welcome um, aboard the ship. You're both sick. You're both And I agree with you. He needs, he needs with, time. Like, a, a, yeah, come to it with a little bit of clarity and knowledge. Oh, God. Well, that seems really 
wildly messed up. Well, you know what it's time for. It's time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. This round of Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania will be refereed by Sean Connery, who turns what? 90 on no! August 25th. Yes, and who, funny enough, both Sarah and I dated. <laughs> 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 Thanks for clarifying, Brody. Good one. <laughs> oh, a new good idea for Sophia Ritchie. Yes. Well, as you know, Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania, we put celebrities who are celebrating their birthdays in an imaginary boxing ring, put imaginary gloves on them, and set them to imaginary matches. Gwen Flamberg, I, we have some very inspired matches this week. Gwen Flamberg, Shania Twain turns 55 on August 28th. Versus Leanne Rimes, who turns 38 on August 28th. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, Shania is like a little bit of a warrior, but she lives in Switzerland, where I've been, and it's very, very slow. I think she's gotten soft. And we all know that Leanne Rimes could cut a bitch. So it's, it's Leanne. You can't fight the moonlight, but you can fight Leanne Rhymes. Travis Cronin, Rachel Bilson, turns 39 on August 25th. Mm -hmm. Versus Blake Lively, who turns 33. Oh my God, how dare you pit Summer Roberts and Serena Vanderwoodson against each other like this? Justin turns 33 on August 25th. Travis, who wins? Um, I mean, I've seen Blake Lively in person a lot, and she's like really, you know one with herself. She seems hard. She seems strong when she's working. So Blake Lively's going to knock the crap out of whoever Rachel Bilson played in Sarah's favorite show. Wow. <laughs> see Summer Roberts. Oh my God. I can't. Princess Sparkle. <laughs> yes, Gwen. And Captain Oates. Sarah Hura. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus turns 59 on August 25th versus Chad Michael Murray who turns 39 on August <laughs> I knew you'd like this one. Who turns 39 on August 24th? Wow, Bethany, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess I'll give it to Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh. Sorry, Lucas yeah. Scott. Your, um, your, your time has passed, and Billy Ray really is going to take his horse to the Old Town Road and <laughs> win. <laughs> well, this is going to be messy. Travis, Leon Rhymes, 38-year-old Leon Rhymes, 33-year-old Blake Lively, and 59-year-old Billy Ray Cyrus steps into the ring. Step into the ring. Who emerges the winner of Sunday <laughs> Birthday Boxing Mania? You know what, Brody? He actually didn't step into the ring. He rode the horse, and the horse kicked those ladies. <laughs> Not in the face, but in, in a part of their body where they didn't get back up again. So congratulations, <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> oh, what a lively round of Sunday Birthday Boxing Mania. Thank you all. Well... As people, uh, you know, actually, we talked about it last week. Remember that whole Rustin Kelly's, Rustin uh, Kelly and Casey Musgraves back and forth? Yeah. And it was his 32nd birthday. We mentioned it last week. Of course, he wished her happy birthday on social media. You too. Why can't you just hear our message loud and clear? Take it off social media. Okay, we're moving Seriously. on now. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, come on. You're, you're done. But you know who's also uh, almost done? Well, not done until sentencing. Lori Laughlin and Massimo Giannulli. Last Friday, a judge ordered Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky, 56-year-old Aunt Becky, to two months in prison, two years in supervised release, 100 hours of community service, and a $150,000 fine. The sentencing was in line with the plea deal she agreed to in May, and her husband, Massimo, has to serve five months in prison, two years in supervised release, pay a $250,000 fine, and complete 250 years of community service. Now, we had heard before the hearing, Lori was feeling nervous. She was looking forward to having resolved. She'd been through a lot, but she made the decision for her children because she was looking forward to complying with the court's decision and moving forward with her life. And our source said everyone around her is very supportive. Now, that hearing happened. It was a virtual hearing. They couldn't be in physical court. And we can't share any video or any audio, but... Sarah Heeran, baby girl, was there. Sarah. Career you, highlight. Best you, whomever. ever. Can you please recreate for us what happened when Massimo spoke to the judge? Because oh, oh, do it justice so we and our listeners can have an idea of what it was like. Yes, absolutely. I would first just like to set the scene with the judge was 
very concerned about the sound quality and he needed everyone to speak clearly and lean in. And every time someone started talking, he would interrupt them and make them start over because he couldn't hear them clear enough. So it was just wild for the technical difficulties to be a part of it. And the second I logged on that Zoom and saw Massimo's face, I was just like, wow, like this is real. Like I was freaking out. He went first and he was very quiet throughout the whole thing. Um, And this was what he said when the judge asked him if he had anything to say. He said, thank you, Your Honor. I do deeply regret, as Sean said, his lawyer, the harm that my actions have caused my daughters, my wife, and others. I take full responsibility for my conduct. I have to accept the consequences. I am ready to accept the consequences and move forward with the lessons I've learned from this experience. Thank you. That's it. No emotion, no tears, nothing. Couldn't have had less emotion. Couldn't have had less, uh, honestly, the care care in the world. Like it was very vague, very generic. Um, in both of their lawyers, they did a lot of speaking on their behalf. And the lawyers kept emphasizing the fact that both Lori and Moss, as they kept calling him, didn't go to college themselves. So they needed to get assistance on how to get their daughters into college. They also put a lot of emphasis on Moss being more of the ringleader and Lori being a quote unquote passive participant. Okay something else. They also, he, Massimo had no letters read on his behalf, which was interesting because we know Felicity Huffman had Eva Longoria, had William H. Macy, had a bunch of people write letters on her behalf. And Lori had a random letter from a fan who she spent time with backstage at Fuller House and a letter from her friend who she helped through cancer, both of which just didn't really seem applicable to the situation. (laughs) Um, But as her lawyer was reading them, she was like nodding her head, like really being like, yes, I did do that. I I did bond with that fan. Like she was giving validation. What did Lori say? Oh, I can read Lori's full speech. Give it to us. Give it to us. So she, I heard she was like in a little white, Button down. Did she have the glasses on? Because she has the glasses on when she's being serious. She did not have the glasses on, but she had a great tan, by the way. She was glowing. Mm -hmm. Um, But her eyes, she looked pretty terrified. She looked kind of scared. And she had white on, which, you know, virginal white. Love to see it, Aunt Becky. So this was her speech. This is an accurate portrayal. Thank you. Dramatic reading. Thank you, Your Honor, for allowing me to address the court and express how sorry I am. I made an awful decision. I went along with a plan to give my daughters an unfair advantage in the college admissions process. In doing so, I ignored my intuition and allowed myself to be swayed from my moral compass. I thought I was acting out of love for my children, but in reality, it only undermined and diminished my daughter's abilities and accomplishments more broadly and more importantly. I now understand that my decision helped exacerbate existing inequalities in society and the higher education system more specifically. This, that realization weighs heavy on me. <laughs> And while I wish I could go back and do things differently, I can only take responsibility and move forward. I have a great faith in God and I believe in redemption and I will do everything in my power to redeem myself and use my experience as a catalyst to give back and do good for the rest of my life. Pause to um, take a deep breath and wipe both her eyes with her hands. Were there tears? Unclear yeah. if there were actually tears, but there was definitely the motion to wipe them away if there were indeed water. She made face. it seem like she was experiencing tears. Exactly. Your Honor, I am profoundly and deeply sorry. I am ready to face the consequences and make amends. Thank you for your time. Wow, brava, Sarah. It's like you've been on several Hallmark movies and um, a hit TV show, Full House, and a subsequent not-as-hit show, Fuller House. Congratulations. Which, really thank well you. Which, by the way, in, in the beginning, they did, like, little bios about all of them and what they've been through in life. Like, there were several mentions to, like, her success on Full House. Like, again, what does this have to do with anything? Nothing. And they also put a lot of emphasis on how she's been excommunicated from Hollywood and how hard that's been for her. And, again, it just didn't bring much sympathy. The judge went very hard on both of them. He was said he was pretty much disgusted by them and the fact that they had the fairy tale lives but only wanted more and how greedy they were it was wild and i wish they could like broadcast it for the world but it was an honor to have gotten to witness well thank you for sharing with us and making us feel like we were there now Lori and massimo will have to turn themselves in by november 19th but of course they can turn themselves in at the same time one can go first that that's just the final date they need to be in there We have not heard much else from them. We have not heard anything really from her castmates about if they thought 
thought it was fair. Now, we heard from a source that Lori still believes, still insists that she would have never entered into criminal activity knowingly. She really believed they were making legit donations, especially since USC took the money. And we also saw that Candace Cameron Bure put a little frowny face when somebody commented that they should have gotten four years each. And her only comment, which we've been waiting for to say something, was a little sad face emoji. DJ Tanner Mm -hmm. does not want people coming for her Aunt Becky. Well, we, we shall see what's next for Aunt Becky and her criminal husband. Sarah, what is going on with the the legacy of Charmed. There's been some un... We did not anticipate the back and forth between Rose McGowan and Alyssa Milano. I know there were some signs there before the trouble was brewing, but how did this recently peak? Yes, I have an entire timeline from the day Charmed premiered to last week where these women have switched alliances and feuded with each other. And it's kind of wild to look back and see who... super fascinating. It, it is. I, and I they've, all, they've all been aligned with each other at different times and forgiven each mm-hmm. other and tried to, you know... Holly Marie Combs specifically is always kind of being like, we're ruining this for the, for the fans. Can we stop? But they all have, you know, fought with each other. Most recently, you know, Rose has said in the past that she doesn't believe that Alyssa Milano is like a real social justice warrior because of her ties to Georgina Chapman, Harvey Weinstein's wife. And she, so Rose tweeted something about Democrats and the DNC and how, you know, she doesn't think that they've been doing a good job. And then Alyssa got upset about that. And then Rose told everyone that Alyssa made the charm set toxic AF and that she wasn't happy, even though she was getting paid all this money. And then Alyssa released this fake statement about how hurt people hurt people. And then Shannon Doherty chimed in to just be like, I just want the Charms fans to know they're loved, which is kind of ironic because she was like, all the drama that happened in the 90s was like her fault. So it's been a very interesting back and forth. And it's also interesting to note that it was a lot of implied back in the day from Shannon that Alyssa made the set kind of toxic and not fun. And now Rose, 20 years later, is bringing that back. So I don't know. The power of three will not set you free. That's true. And you can go to usmagazine.com to see Sarah's timeline and have the latest updates on that charmed back and forth. There's also some back and forth going on with Kanye and two very unexpected people. Rosie O'Donnell, of course, chimed in on Twitter and said, yay, you must take your meds, save yourself, get balanced. If your mom was here, not sure how she would know what Kanye's mom would want to say. If your mom was here, she would say that to you with so much love. And then Kanye, in one of the many things he's tweeted late at night, he tweeted this like Kanye 2020 image, um, 2020 vision. And one of the pictures on it was Kirsten Dunst's face. And she yeah. replied to his his tweet, what's the message here and why am I a part of it? With a shrugging emoji. Very, very odd. So weird. (laughs) Didn't make a lot of sense. In Free Britney updates, we've seen some major developments recently. Britney has been asking for her dad not to come back as her conservator. We've heard from sources Britney has been more driven and hopeful and continues to take steps in the right direction in regard to her health and future. She's tried to become more involved in the inner workings of her conservatorship in hopes of one day ending it. She wants control over her personal life, our sources have said. When it comes to her finances, she does get an allowance. She wants to be able to hire her own bodyguard. She wants to be her own person. She's very close with her mom and dad, but her relationship with her dad has become more businesslike and deteriorated. Very, very concerning. What, what do you three make of it? I don't even know. <laughs> well, we, we keep hearing conflicting things. I mean, one source says that it's never been about money for her dad, Jamie. But then, of course, the Free Britney movement fans say that he's in it for the money. As I mean, from, from Britney's words, she doesn't want her dad to be conservator at all. So it seems like he probably shouldn't be. And Jamie Lynn has always had her sister's back. And I was thrilled when I saw that she was like named executor, you know, in charge of all of her things. Because I think it's way better than someone who Britney clearly doesn't want to be running her life. Yeah, she's a trustee of the trust, which is very strange because it means that if something happens to Brittany, if she passes away, then Jamie Lynn will be in control of that. But it's, uh, you know, listeners, if you've not seen the exclusive interview we did with Jason Alexander, that's right, the friend that Brittany married all those years ago in Vegas, there are several excerpts from that interview on our website. We talked to him at a free Brittany protest. Gwen, what are your thoughts about it? You've, you've reported on and, and watched Brittany for so long. It makes me very sad, Brody. It just makes me so sad because I feel like she is someone who has been exploited for so long. So 
you know, this might be a resolution that will be better and healthier for her. As Travis said, Jamie Lynn always has her back. But it just makes me sad because, you know, it's like Britney's an adult now. Her kids are big. Like, it just makes me so sad that she can't be in control of her own life. It really yeah. does. Well, as a little sidebar, speaking of people under conservatorships, Amanda Bynes had people wondering if she was actually married now because her fiancé, Paul, had uploaded a picture of the two of them wearing what looked like a gold band on his hand and a thin gold band on her hand. Amanda's attorney, David Escobias, assured us Amanda is not married. Uh. Okay, let's, let's lighten things up and get out of the courts for a minute. Tori Spelling was talking about her kids finding out about the issues that have gone on between her and Dean. That's right. Us Weekly had exclusively broken the news of Dean cheating on Tori years ago, and they've had lots of marital issues in the past. She said her kids found out about it online. They haven't seen clips, but they've seen things out there online. And she said, Tori said her daughter saw something and it really upset her. Now, this is bound to happen as celebrity kids are growing up. And I thought that's kind of bad that her kids saw that. But I wanted to hear from you three, which celebrity kids do you think are going to have it even worse than Tori's kids finding out about Dean sleeping with Emily Goodhand years ago? Oh, that's so tough. Sarah, you first. I mean, Tori's kids really are in for like yeah. a wild one once they discover true Tori on Lifetime. Like, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> the issue um, with I, all that. Yeah. But and I would say, podcast. Oh, oh God. God. I hope. Embarrassing. I hope somehow that podcast is scrubbed from, from <laughs> Apple from their phones or something. Like, we got to figure out. We should start a petition for that. But besides poor, you know, Liam, Stella, Hattie, Finn, and oh, God, what's the fifth one? Bo. Um, I would say the Kardashian children are going to have the worst experience Googling themselves. I said specifically Sam West. I mean, he's the youngest and Kanye's second son. I'm worried about what things are going to be like for him by the time he's grown and by the time North is like an adult and all that. I also was, I felt for the children of the disgusting, disgraced movie producer whose name I won't even say who's in jail now, but I thought, Mm. you know, he had all those little kids that someday will read about how, like, what a monster their dad was. Gwen, what about you? What celebrity kids do you think are really in, in for an eyefall when they grow up? The Garner Affleck kids. Yeah, because I think sure. that, you know, Jen Garner has done an incredible job of raising these kids and very possibly shielding them from the alcoholism, the porn star frolicking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at some point they're bound to have the cat come out of the bag. I think it's Leah Michelle's because she has to read out like me and her mom was to everyone. <laughs> Ever is in for Ever's in for a rude awakening when Ever gets their first phone. Oh, was yeah. that another time, Sarah? After wasn't she in Spring Awakening? Leah yeah. Michelle. I'm so, I'm so impressed by your witness. Didn't even mean to do that. I did that by accident. Fire accidental witticisms. Well, Sarah, in your beat, we can touch briefly on Bachelor Nation before we get to 25 things because this was so strange. We talked this week to Tyler Cameron, and he said that he and Matt James, now Matt is going to be the upcoming Bachelor. Yes, he is. Tyler said, this dude comes into my room at like 5 in the morning because he's an early bird. He'll come in to wake me up, steal some underwear to go work out. I'm like, why don't you take half a stack of underwear and put them in your room? Uh, I, that's You know what? I I mean, I'm here for it. Totally and I'm here for it. They're both I'm, super hot. And I, yeah. love, I love their bromance or whatever it may be. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm very here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> videos are going OnlyFans where clearly Bella Thorne is apparently making a million dollars in a day or was that a week something insane Some 24 hours 24 hours and I'm also really here for the Cassie and Colton drama Colton Underwood and Cassie Randolph apparently unfollowed each other on Instagram three months after announcing their breakups they're here on the hot take yeah so well I saw that it came out because Cassie Cassie's sister and Cassie's sister boyfriend Greg, Greg Sulkin all unfollowed Colton like around the same time. And I checked and Colton was still following all of them. And then an hour later, he wasn't. So he must have seen like the blogs picking up the unfollowing and then retaliated with the unfollow back, which I respect because I'm also an unfollow backer. If you unfollow me, I am returning the favor. Oh, do you have that horrible app where it shows people that unfollow you? No, actually, I don't usually check. But a few months ago, I 
noticed that someone wasn't following me. And that prompted me to be like, oh, who else has been, you know, I've been throwing likes at when they're not even seeing my content. And so I downloaded that app and I was not happy with some of the results I found. <laughs> oh, no. I'm always horrified when I find that people have downloaded that. I don't want to know. 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 You guys would be shocked. <sighs> Well, before we dive into our exclusive chat with Davina and Maya from Selling Sunset, I went into the archives and pulled an issue from November 2012. So you three co-hosts can guess who we did this 25 Things You Don't Know About Me list with in November 2012. Now, you've been hitting it out of the ballpark recently, guessing it left and right, and it's it's frustrating for me, as the <laughs> listeners know. I like to win. Um, but listeners, <laughs> please play along as these three try to guess who we did this 25 Things You Don't Know About Me list with in 2012. Number one, I loved the Bee Gees growing up and their music still makes me happy. Number two, I never leave the house without my phone because I have a teenage daughter. Number three, skip. Number four, I can touch my toes without bending my knees. Number five, I will never eat lamb chops because I had a dog named Lamb Chop. Number six, my favorite vacation spot is Hawaii. I can't wait to go back. Number seven, I've kept a diary since I was 18. Brittany Spears. <laughs> No, number eight. <laughs> number eight, I don't have my own Twitter account, but I sometimes spy on my daughters. Number nine, I had my first kiss when I was five. Lisa number Rinna. Ten. No, number Whoa. 10, the first time I met Bruce Willis, I tripped down a flight of stairs. Charming. Number 11, Jenny I don't drink Moore. No, number Jerry 11. No, number, oh God, good guesses, you guys. <laughs> number 11, I don't drink as much water as I should. Number 12, I wish I could speak French. Number 13, my first concert was the OJs. Number 14, I am part Lumbee Indian. Number 15, I have a talent for angry birds. Number 16, my dog's name. No. Number 16, my dog's names are Sophia, Coco, Tico, and Bambi. Number 17, I scooped ice cream for a living when I was 15. Kylie Jenner? (laughs) (laughs) Number 18, I love the marble fudge. Number 19, my favorite ride at Disneyland is Pirates of the Caribbean. Number 20, my parents have been married 57 years. Number 21, I love going to the supermarket, but I don't like cooking. Number 22, my dad is a colonel in the Marine Corps. He still has the best posture. Number Number 23, I don't like peanut butter. Number 24... Skip. Number 25, when I was little, I felt sorry for the ugly dresses and bought them. Then my mom made me wear them to school. I got over it pretty quickly. Dizzy Phillips? No. Number 24, my friends call me H. Dean, my middle name. What was number three that you skipped? Podcast all about middle names. Um, Number three, this is going to give it to you. When I was little, my siblings called me Hexter because they could. Hexter. I got nothing. Oh, yes. Hexter. Jamie Lee Curtis? No. Um, I have no idea. The answer is Heather Locklear. Oh, oh my God. I was thinking about her earlier. Oh. I mean, if there would have been something in there about like my first 5150 wasn't such a year, oh. then, then we could have gotten it. Oh. Or about Anybody? Amanda Woodward, iconic Melrose Place queen. Maybe she wanted to talk about ice cream instead. I can't blame her. Or being Sammy Joe on Knott's Landing. I'm down. Well, Sarah here and Travis Cronin, I know you talked to Davina and Maya from Selling Sunset this week. How was all that? So amazing. We got to ask them, like, because Sarah and I have talked about these questions on this podcast forever, and it was really nice talking to them and, like, hearing it from the horse's mouth. And they gave really good answers. I was satiated. Yeah, for sure. The first question we asked them was about their edit and how they were portrayed on the show. And I think they both had interesting insight into what we didn't get to see during the show, specifically at Christine's wedding. So here's both Maya and Davina talking about their edit on the show. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for Selling Sunset, what did you think of your edit on the show? How did you sort of think you were portrayed? What did you like? What didn't you like? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, look, I am who I am. I mean, what you see is what you get. I guess, you know, with the whole favoritism at the office, unfortunately, you know, I never said Mary doesn't have her own clients. She does work hard and, you know, I'm going to say she works hard, but uh, it made it look more like I said that, you know, she doesn't have anything except Jason's giving her listing. So it's not the case. So I wish they would also show a little bit of that because I have nothing against Mary or 
you know, Jason, the way he ran his business. That's the only thing for season three. But other than that, definitely, you know, I try to stay away from the drama. I don't want to take anyone's side. Hopefully it will remain this way. Yeah. We filmed thousands of hours of footage and everyone has a bad moment. And all the scenes are a lot longer than what you see, because obviously they have to make it fit into eight times 30 minutes. So sometimes you lose some context and depth of conversation because of the editing, but they have to make it as entertaining and dramatic as possible. So you don't, you don't see the conversation in its entirety. And I think that's what happened in a lot of situations. It's just not possible for them to show everything, you know? And what was what was the part of the conversation that you wish that fans of the show had sort of gotten to see, particularly with the Chriselle and Justin stuff? Um, we were having a conversation as a group, including Maya and Mary and Heather and Chriselle was speaking as well. And um, we were talking, all of us, and it was more of a conversation, not a monologue from my end which is what it kind of seems like. Yeah. So um, it was much longer. Obviously, it was a wedding, and it's impossible to show the entire thing. I, I totally um, understand that and respect that. So they had to narrow it down to make it fit, and the only thing that, you, that viewers end up seeing is what I said. But ultimately, I was coming from a very neutral position, and Krishan and I are not super close. That doesn't mean that I don't support her or that we're not friendly, but we're just not, you know, best friends. So I had no information. I, I really don't know that much about her or their relationship. And so I was trying to understand a little bit more in order to have more feelings of empathy to, about it. I loved the insight into Christine's wedding. I look at that episode so differently. Um, and we, we, of course, had to ask Maya and Davina about the backlash that they've received received over the show, um, especially Davina for taking Justin Hartley's side, even or meeting him a couple of times in the Chriselle divorce. And this was my favorite question to ask. Let's hear what they said. You mentioned Davina kind of getting some the maybe her edit was a little harsh this season. Did you she gets she's kind of getting a lot of hate online. Do you think oh, that's gosh. unfair? Yeah. I think it's terrible, actually. I mean, people, well, look, it's in one hand, it's like, wow, people are very uh, invested. And it's it's nice to see that people care about the show and they, they're so invested in that. In another, in another hand, you know, the comments she's been getting are, are very bad. I mean, people really wish her to die all the time. And it's like, you don't even know the person. It's, I know, I agree. It, lo- it looks harsh. I mean, but, but at the end of the day, it's not like she wasn't supporting Chriselle. It's just that, you know, if they say, let's say, there are two sides to every story, Justin has a side too, but they cut that there is two sides to every story, and the only show will say, oh, Justin has a side too, then automatically it looks like she wasn't supportive. So I, I think that was the, unfortunately, and maybe the delivery was a little bit harsh, but she obviously supports Chriselle. They are totally fine. And I think the social media hate should, you know, should be toned down a little bit. On social media, obviously, the show is like trending every other day. People are obsessed. You know, you've gotten some heat. How are you dealing with all of that? Maya was just telling us how she thinks, you know, you're not. It's totally unfair. Some of the stuff things people are saying to you, like, how has that been? I mean, I think anyone in the, you know, in public spotlight kind of get will get hate. And I think it's just kind of the nature of the beast. And I don't take it personal at all. I, these people have never met me. They don't know me. They don't know all the details. They weren't there. They don't know exactly what happened. So um, how could I possibly take it personal? I mean, they're, they're judging based on what they saw on a TV show. And even though it is real and I did say those things, that is less than 10% of who I am. And so I don't think it's fair for any of us to be defined by selling sunset. It's just not fair. So um, how could I possibly take this personal? And a lot of these people are really young, you know, they're like college kids. So I, I really just can't take it serious. So <laughs> I, like get a job and get into the real world before you come well, to me in my profession. I mean, read a book, go learn Russian, play some tennis. Like Davina is tennis. not playing. I'm going to like put that on my epitaph, like on my tombstone. It was amazing. It was Demi Lovato. Good luck on your blog energy. And I appreciate that. Um, yes. And of course we had to ask a little bit more about the Chriselle Justin of it all, because that's, you know, what season three was, was about and it's taking over the world. So here's a little bit more insight into Chriselle and Davina claiming that she had a neutral stance in the drama, which that's not necessarily what we saw on the show. So she's going to explain that. 
I mean, this season was a lot about Chriselle and Justin and the and their divorce, and it seemed like people were taking sides. But you did a really good job of staying neutral, it seems. So how did you even do that? <laughs> I try. You know, look, I like Chriselle a lot, and frankly, I I don't know what happened there. Uh, she didn't came to tell me, and I don't think she really told any of any of us. Uh, it, it it caught all of us by surprise, and we really wanted to be there to support her. Production did, you know, chose to to film the scenes with Chriselle only with. Amanda and Mary, so it, it, it made it look like we didn't support her, but it's not the case. I mean, they just didn't want to shoot me, like going to Chriselle and, you know, talking to her about it or for whatever reasons they have, and that's okay. But we were all, you know, very supportive. And at the end of the day, it's her business and uh, she doesn't have to come and tell us what happened. And all I wanted to do is just respect her privacy and also try to be careful because I, I don't know Justin that well. I only met him twice, maybe, and he seems like a nice guy, but I don't want to talk bad about someone I don't even know. And I have really no clue what happened. So, you know, she's doing, she's doing fine, I think, now. Obviously, she's focusing on real estate, look like, at least from, you know, what I've seen. And uh, all we can do is just be there for her, and, and that's it. Watching it back, did you have more sympathy for Chriselle? Watching her scenes, you know, with Mary and with some of the girls who she opened up to more since you guys, you didn't know even much about what was going on. Did you have sympathy for her watching the show? Of course, I absolutely have sympathy for Chriselle. I don't think she shared any details with anyone, though. So um, I, I, it's horrible to watch her heartbroken and struggle and cry and she lost a lot of weight during that time so it was very hard to see and it's tough for anyone so I certainly have compassion for her absolutely and I'm glad she's doing better now I think she's doing much better so I'm, I'm really happy about that I thought that was so interesting her take on that she was just playing neutral not Chriselle or Justin and they sort of make it seem like she was so anti Chriselle but totally. this next section is my favorite because it has to deal with the 75 million dollar house that anyone who's watched Selling Sunset thinks about every night before they go to bed and hope it gets bought and wonders how much the lot is cost but you know we got we got all of the answers to the questions so there might be some you know new buyers let's hear what she said yeah well they said they were showing that like you know Mary was getting all the gigs and you were saying, you know, I'm not getting any listings and you only had the one really difficult listing to sell. Um, I think they're totally separate things. I mean, you know, Mary getting listings from Jason is, is a, is one topic of conversation yeah. and, and that's a fact and it doesn't really bother me. I don't really focus on that. I mean, you know, comparing myself to Mary, I don't compare myself to Mary. I don't get mad at Jason for giving it to her, but it is a fact that he does give her listings. I'm not saying she doesn't work hard. She absolutely does. But I feel like any of us would work hard if we were given uh, listings. So no one has said that she doesn't work hard. None of us are disputing that. I absolutely think she's great, but she does get help from Jason. And I, I don't, and most of us don't. And getting a client of Adnan Caliber to even agree to give you the listing is very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to even find a client like that. So I think Jason appreciates that. And, you know, if you look at the big picture, I think all the girls know that they would all love to have a client like that. And, Do we? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have an update on the $75 million house? <laughs> so Maya has someone who's interested and we're um, in talks of hopefully putting an offer together. And I just got an email from another client who seems to be very well qualified. And I've looked him up and he reached out to me directly. He you know, wants a number under 75, but who knows? So I said, I'd be happy to talk with him and his attorneys and see if we can put something together. So all of a sudden now there's there's more interest. So let's see. I mean, if this $75 million house is ever sold, like it's going to break the internet. I'm going to throw a party myself. Like it's going to be everything. She sounded legit. Like there were some clients who were really interested. So we might see it soon. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. And will we see Maya next season? Well, Christine is out here running her mouth saying that we're not, but she told us that that is not true. And she doesn't know why Christine is telling everyone she left the show because she has not left the Oppenheim group and she's not quitting the show. So here, if you don't believe me, here is Maya shutting down that speculation. Maya, everyone wants to know, are you going to leave? Tell us about your South Beach journey. You oh know. my gosh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but tell us what's happening. No, I just heard that Christine made an interview and she said that I'm leaving uh, the Oppenheim group. So I want to verify it's something. It's not true. I am with the Oppenheim group. I'm actually working with a couple of pretty good 
serious clients and I might have to fly to LA, hopefully COVID, you know, slow down a little bit so I can, you know, be safe. Uh, I'll feel safe to fly and show, do a couple of showings. I'm also working with couple potentially a developer to get listings, but that's, you know, I'm going to do with Jason, given he's there full time. As far as Miami, I've been practicing real estate in Miami for the last three years. I, I'm, I'm here now. We'd love to collaborate with Jason on potentially something in Miami, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. So I'm just going to do my transaction here regardless. And, you know, for very high clients, I'm just going to continue to fly to LA if I need to, but definitely staying with the O group. So Christine jumped the gun with that interview? Yeah, I'm not. I just like, I mean, you know, Ethan just told me. So I'm like, really? I'm like, where did she get the info from? Because it's not true. <laughs> no, there is no reason for me to move my license uh, in LA. You know, I've been with Jason for six years. Um, you know, we get along fine. Obviously, you know, he's my boss. I have a lot of respect to him. And I trust his, you know, his opinion as far as real estate. So yes, it will be cool to, to still, you know, practicing in California and, and, you know, especially in LA and uh, have him there to, to help me with my potential client because I cannot be there all the time, full time. And if you did do a Miami spinoff, do you have, I've heard you pitch the selling South. Yeah. Do you have like, do you have people in mind? Do you know exactly yeah. how to get that going? I got the perfect girls for them. The only thing is none of them, uh, I don't think any, any, any of them can provide any crazy drama for now. So that's the only thing I'm missing. You know, I got, I got the cute girls. I got, you know, they all do real estate, very professional, but I'm not sure if I got enough drama. Yeah, that's it. Selling sense in Miami. We're waiting for it. Oh my God, you guys, well, you know that I'm very pro team Justin Hartley. So I like hearing anyone um, possible <laughs> wait on his side because Sarah is consistently justice for Chriselle. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for joining our Hot Hollywood Podcast this week. We hope that you join us again next week because we hope you're enjoying your time with us and maybe even learning something from it because we do try to deliver the hottest, most relevant news to you each week. Please share, like, subscribe, tell a friend about this weekly news podcast, and please tell us. Find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts, what you want to hear more of, and maybe who you want to hear from. Otherwise, we hope you join us next week again on Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. So long and farewell until next week.